Well, welcome again to another one of my podcasts, Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded. And I'm your host, Irvrish. And if you remember where we were uh, the last time we got together, I'm just going to take off where we left before. And uh, looking at our main screen here, uh, we started a study in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, and uh, we're actually in uh, lesson two only. The first lesson that we covered, we looked at uh, uh, kind of the introduction, Paul's, the author, and we kind of focused on the author, and we looked at Paul's background, his conversion, and how he came to uh, uh, be an apostle. Uh, He was called by God directly, and uh, we saw that, and even God confirmed it by telling us that he was a chosen vessel uh, to work for the Lord. Excuse me. Uh, Let me have a little coffee here. Uh, Very good coffee. Well, anyway, we're going to continue our our study, and uh, I'm just going to jump on a full screen here. So, and... uh, we left off right where uh, Paul's introduction, and then he goes to his greeting right away. And like many people do, I mean, I have brothers in the Lord that send me emails and letters, and I they always start their letters kind of the same way. And their greeting is always, and it's kind of like a signature almost. And uh, Paul starts this letter out the same way. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's uh, uses a great uh, starting point here, grace. Grace is always the best uh, way to start, uh, God's grace. Grace, grace, God's grace. And and we sing that at, at the chapel. And uh, uh, I, love, I love when we talk about the grace of God because... Uh, my favorite verse in the Bible, by the way, is, uh, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If Noah would not have found grace in the eyes of the Lord, you and me would not be here today. Because God would have destroyed the entire world that he had created, uh, all, all mankind. But only one man and his family found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Did uh, did Noah deserve grace? No. None of us do. We all deserve the wrath of God. And uh, grace is a, a gift from God. And uh, if we didn't have God's grace, we would have absolutely nothing. So Paul realizes this, and that's why he starts his letters out with that word grace. Grace to you and peace. You know, grace is the only way to bring peace to a true peace to any man, woman, or child. You know, I have the peace that I know the future that lies for me. You know, I'm I'm getting to be quite elderly, and uh, I know I'm not going to be in this world much longer. Uh, my time is a lot shorter than many. I mean, uh, I've lived a long life. And uh, there are some people that die young. We don't know uh, 
the day we're going to die. Only God knows. Our, our whole lives are in his hands from birth to death and then beyond the grave. We belong to God. Everything is God-centered, whether you want to believe it or not. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that do not believe that. So I could talk a long time on just that word, grace. Grace is a marvelous word. And we sing about the marvelous grace of God. Uh, and truly, it is. Uh, and I just, I just love it uh, when we sing at the chapel and we sing about that, the grace of God. Well, it's from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to remember that grace comes from both of them and through the avenue of the Holy Spirit. And you know, a lot of people don't believe in the Trinity. Uh, they say there's only one God, and there is only one God, and I don't argue that point. But there are three identities of God, and that's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here we have the two of them. Uh, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this book is being written uh, in the Spirit. This book is God-breathed. Paul penned these words as God gave them to him. And uh, this this book is actually, or letter is actually a, uh, a letter of correction uh, to the Corinthians. But it goes on, right after grace, he starts with thanksgiving. Grace and thanksgiving. And uh, he says, I thank my God always concern, concerning you for the grace of God which was given uh, you in Christ Jesus uh, and, and in everything. You were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift, always eagerly, waiting eagerly for the revelation of Jesus, or, or the Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you uh, to the end blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a lot in that one uh, introduction. Uh, first of all, we know that uh, the Corinthians were given, uh, they were given all the spiritual gifts. They had them. Yet they still had problems. You know, it's kind of amazing when we think about it. Uh, but Christ... Uh, you know, confirm them in his grace. They were saved by grace. They were Christians. They were brothers and sisters in the Lord. And they were just like we are today, except they had a problem. And, and this was in the real early church. And if they had problems then, what makes us think that we would be exempt from them? We have the same problems. That's why Paul had to write this, this epistle, this letter, uh, because we have to use it in our churches today uh, for correction. And we'll see that as we go along, that uh, there's a lot in this in this letter. Uh, but they were still, even though they had faults, they were blameless. 
because uh, it tells us, blame us uh, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, when Jesus Christ comes and receives his own, uh, as it tells us in First uh, Thessalonians, uh, that the dead in Christ will rise first. Uh, so the Corinthian saints will be resurrected before the living saints uh, at the coming of the Lord. No matter how many saints have uh, came, you know, come before us, uh, they're going to be resurrected before us, and that's what it tells us. So we're going to be part of this group if you're a Christian at the resurrection or at the second coming of Christ. Our bodies will be uh, rejoined with their spirits at that time. Uh, that's that's a whole nother study, and I've already gone through that uh, one time talking about First um, uh, Corinthians 15. But I'm gonna, you know, I'll cover it again when I get to it. But that's a long ways down the road. Right now, we're uh, we're just in the first chapter, so we're quite a ways to get before we get that. Well, anyway, um, they are blameless in Christ when Christ comes, and they are confirmed to the end. And confirm means eternal security. That's what it means. I mean, they were, and, and there, I know there's a lot of Christians out here that believe you can lose your salvation, but I believe my salvation is of the Lord, not of me. So nothing I do can, I can lose my salvation. No one can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, nobody it tells us. And it, he gives you a list. Nobody. And that means us included. We cannot lose our salvation. You know, and even in the Gospel of John, the Lord says, and no father, nobody snatches them out of my father's hand. In other words, the ones that Christ was given, there's no wise he'll lose. They're, they belong to him. And we belong to him if we're Christians. And nobody's going to take God's possession. Who's stronger than God? Nobody. So we're going to live forever. And we're going to be in God's hands. And uh, so, well, moving on, we find in the very next sentence, God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you know, Paul refers to him, if you want to look at uh, places of, in Scripture, it says, Our Lord, Our Lord. Uh, he's Our Lord. Uh, do you know what it is to have a Lord? That means somebody that's over you. You're, you're in His subjection. If we're under His rule, you know, he's, he's not ruling on the throne right now, but He is ruling in our lives. If you're a Christian, Christ should be the, he should be your all in all. And uh, that's important to remember and to think about. Well, let's move on into verse 10. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our, there again, our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. 
there's something going on here, and this is the first inkling of it right now, about unity, about uh, no divisions. And you know, we're in a world today where Christians are divided all over the place. God knew this was going to happen. He foreseen it, his foreknowledge, and he uh, provides for us for all this division that's going on today by writing this letter in his very first chapter. He deals with the division in the church. And he's dealing with it today, right now, through this letter Paul is writing. And uh, he talks right away about uh, his concern for the people, for the quarrelings among them, and all the uh, unseen things that are going on. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, that uh, Cleo's people that are quarrelings among you. Now I mean that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? He asked that question. He's, he's wondering what's going on. He says, I wasn't crucified for you. Uh, and and he, he talks about all these people that uh, one is following this one, one is following that one. And don't we have that today? We have the Lutherans and the Catholics and the Presbyterians and the Baptists and, uh, you know, we can just keep naming them. All these different re, uh, religions, and that's what they are, just religions. They're not really the true body of Christ. The true body of Christ is made up of nothing but believers. Yes, I have brothers and sisters in different denominations and different uh, followings. I got uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that uh, go to the Evangelical Free Church and, and the Baptist Church and, and all these other churches. But they are divided. They're, they're separating themselves. God doesn't want that. God wants us to be one. He wants us to be united. And we, if you know, if you go to every city in the world uh, or every town in the world, it doesn't make a difference. There are Christians, but they're meeting in different places. They're not meeting as a group of believers. And uh, they're meeting in houses. They're moving, you know, and really we're divided all over the place. Now, granted, the church is big and we couldn't all get in one building. <laughs> you know, if the, the whole church got together, I mean, we'd be amazed. We could you know, probably fill up quite a bit of the United States just with Christians. Uh, but that's not uh, not the point. We are to be united in spirit because we all share the spirit of God. Well, he asked if he was crucified for him, and then he goes on to say, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And then he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except uh, Crispius and Gaius, so that no one would say uh, you were baptized in my name. Now, I did baptize also the household of Stephan. You know, that's something. I don't know if this is the same Stephans or not. 
uh, Stephians. I don't believe it is, though. Uh, Behold, that I do not know whether I baptized any other. He doesn't remember when he came through. Uh, but that was when the church was just being formed. Okay, he says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. You know, we're going to kind of end our study there today, but I just want you to know one thing. Uh, I'm not a man of eloquent speech. I, I'm not one who uh, can look at me. I can really preach, you know. No, I'm not that way. But I, it's in my heart to share the gospel with others. And it was in Paul's heart, and it was deep down into his spirit, who he was because God had called him uh, to suffer for his name's sake. And he was called an apostle to everybody. It says to the Gentiles and to the Jews. But Paul uh, predominantly was an uh, apostle to the Gentiles. And uh, we see that in, in his life. And that's why the Jews, uh, every time he preached the gospel to the Gentiles, the, the Jews were jealous. And they uh, put Paul down. They wanted to kill him. Quite a few times uh, in the book of Acts, we see where Paul was, uh, he had to be let down in a basket, you know, over the wall because they were chasing him and they were after him. They were going to kill him. In fact, one time they did kill him. And uh, I'll share that story with you uh, and uh, sometime. But Paul was the one that when he talked about, I knew a man in the body or out of body, I do not know, was caught up to the third heaven. That was Paul. But he talks as, you know, in the second person uh, because he was a humble man and he did not want to take glory. And that's why he says this too, that he was not of clever speech. Though Paul was given that gift, by God, and I've been given that gift by God to preach and to teach. Though I don't have the gift of teaching, I do have the gift of speaking the Word of God, and I do love to evangelize. Uh, I like to tell people about the Lord and the good news, that Jesus Christ died for them, and that they can have eternal life. They can live with God forever. And, you know, that's an important thing to know. Because if you die not knowing the Lord, you have no idea. You're lost. You don't know where you're going. You have to know where you're going. And the Bible tells us in the Gospel of John that he wrote all of his Gospels so you may know you have salvation. You know, there are people that will tell you, well, nobody really knows for sure where they're going. Malarkey. I know where I'm going. I'm positive because God does not lie. And God told me in his word that he saved me because I believe. So whosoever, and I'm one of those whosoever, because I gave my life to the Lord, September 10th, 1979. I remember the day, I remember the place I was standing. I made a commitment to God to follow him. 
I was going to stop trying to be saved, and I was trying. And I said, Lord, I'm going to stop trying, and I'm going to start trusting. And I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you believe God, it's counted to you for righteousness. That's what the Bible says. Father Abraham was ready to, you know, kill his own son because God had told him. But there was a reason that God told him to do that. It gave us a picture of God the Father slaying his own son, Jesus Christ dying on the cross. There's so many uh, allegories in the Bible and there's so many pictures in the Bible that, that point right to the Lord Jesus Christ. The center of everything is the cross of Christ. He died on Calvary that we didn't have to uh, pay that death penalty for our sins. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's writing to Christians when I read this this book of Corinthians. So we're going to end right there. And we're going to talk about uh, what I started my podcast, the very first podcast, uh, that I went through the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs talks about God's wisdom. And the next section we're going to cover... <coughs> when we get together, it will be God's wisdom. So with that said, I'm going to end my podcast. Uh, and I usually end my podcast the same way. God is out here. You can find him. You know where he's at? He's in your Bible. You can learn all about God. All you have to do is open your Bible. And I like to end my podcast with this because that's what we're doing. We're reading the scriptures and we're we're, we're going to end our podcast right here. And uh, Lord bless. And uh, I want you to have a great day until we get together next time. And we'll continue on in our study in uh, the book of First Corinthians. So with that said, bye for now. Have a great day. Lord bless.